This is the Healthy Worship Team Podcast, and I'm your host, Julie Angler. If you're a worship leader who's ready to get to the next level, whether it's to help your team thrive as your church grows, become a stronger leader yourself, or to add more creativity to what you do, you're in the right place. I've spent the last 20 years leading worship, and I want to share with you the best of what I've learned. I know you've got the talent. I know you've got the calling. Now let's talk about everything else. Hey everybody, welcome to the Healthy Worship Team. Like I said, my name is Julie and I'm your host. I'm so excited to be talking with you today about what it takes to have a healthy worship team. It doesn't happen on accident and it won't happen without some growth on everybody's part. And we're going to start with you. We just finished up a series about how you know that it's time for change. Honestly, you can't start moving toward what you're looking for until you recognize where you are and what actually has to change. And so um, we kind of, I don't know, I don't really, I don't really like downers and you kind of have to do that inventory thing. I mean, we went through like, I'm burnout, I'm exhausted, I'm experiencing all this pressure, your team is not talking to you, they're not showing up on time, all those things. But today what I want to focus on is dreaming big, painting the target and really clarifying and laying out what does it look like to have a healthy worship team? What does that even mean? It is so tempting for us to look at the images that are out there, the the influencer level, the Instagram version of worship teams that are standing on a global stage and thinking, okay, a healthy worship team means I look really cool. Every single worship moment is life-changingly incredible. I'm writing original music. And like, it's very natural to look and think that's the goal or that's what we're looking for. Now, let me just say this really quick. There's a reason why those worship teams are standing on a global stage. And I can't speak for all of them, but I can tell you this, that they will have done the groundwork to build the structure and the team structure so that they could handle the platform that they're on right now. So let's talk about what are we really going for? If we let go of that image and say, okay, well, maybe um, having original songs isn't the indicator that I have a worship, a, good, a healthy worship team. What is? What are the indicators? So I'm going to go through our core values and what the, what the target and what the goal is for our team. Number one, I know if I have a tel- healthy team, if my the people that I lead that that serve on my team, the volunteers that are on my team, that they love God with all their heart, and I see a a progression and a journey of trusting the Lord, of enjoying His presence, and of hearing Him and following Him with faith-filled steps. If I have a worship team full of talented people who show up and do their job, and their life has no reflection that they are people following God, we, that's, that's not a healthy worship team. So when I look at my, when I look at what I hope and what I pray for, for my people, my prayer and my desire and my goal in terms of spiritual health is that they, they read the word independently, that they seek the Lord for their family, 
that they pray and ask the Lord for guidance and wisdom. I'm looking for people who truly enjoy the presence of God, who can tap into and say, oh my goodness, I see what God's doing in this moment and I'm so grateful to be a part of it. I'm looking for people who can see the people around them and be able to minister to them. When they see someone who's in need, that they'll stop and pray for them, um, that they'll pray for each other, that they will go to God for their needs, that they will honor the word of God and, and value the presence of God in worship. A healthy team member on a healthy worship team loves God more than anyone else. They'll make painful decisions that let go of opportunities because they don't follow biblical principles. They will live their life and order their family in a way that says, okay, this is how God tells us to live our life. Then that's what we're going to do. A person who loves God and values that they follow biblical principles. They, um, and they honor God's word above every other word. Their life looks different than the world. Um, they're not just musicians. They understand that they have a gift and that their gift belongs to God first. And, um, and that it's a treasure and a privilege to do that. The second thing is that um, what I'm looking for and what I'm what I'm moving toward with my team is that they love each other and they love other people. They love their fellow team members. They honor them. They are grateful for them. They do not compare themselves or compete with their team members. They love other people in the church. They don't talk bad about. Um, people that they disagree with or that they don't see eye to eye with in the church body. They don't bash other denominations or other churches. They don't talk bad about um, other believers in other parts of the country or who have different political views. I am, I am actively cultivating, loving the people around them, starting with the body of Christ and starting with their team members. But not only that, they also love people in their community, and they love the lost. They aren't just so churchy that all they know how to do is talk and communicate in church language. They care about the lost. They want to see them come and um, to come to know God and join the church. They aren't so in enmeshed in church culture that they have no point of connection with the outside world. They love their coworkers. They love their families. They're kind to their children and speak to them gently and kindly. They are loving and honorable toward their husband or their wife, that their words and their actions reflect the love of God that's being poured on, on, on them into their relationships around them. That is the healthy, that is what I'm looking for. And that not only am I, I'm not just trying to find those people, that is what I'm working towards. That is what I'm encouraging. That is what I'm cultivating. That is what I am becoming in myself so that I can set that example for my team. The third thing is that on a healthy worship team, every single person, regardless of what position, everybody from the main worship leader, the song leaders, the background vocalist, the pad player, electric guitar player, Every person pursues excellence. And for us and our team, that's also tech arts. We oversee that whole group as well. We care about bringing our very, very best to God. And it, it doesn't matter if we feel like family and we can let our hair down with each other. God is worth our very, very best. 
we will, we can talk about this in another episode because we really break this difference down, especially for people who struggle with perfectionism and struggle with a performance mentality. It, it, it can be fearful growing up. It was in my, my up, up and coming years. We, we got a lot of things, right. A couple things we had to change were, um, if my, the fear was if I focus too much on my, my, what I'm actually doing and how good it is that that is self-absorbed or prideful or a perfectionistic mentality, or we're trying to be the best, or we're trying to put the focus on ourselves. And the truth of the matter is excellence is excellence and the Lord is worth it. You can go through your stories in the Bible, um, everywhere from the, the Old Testament building the tabernacle and the precious stones and the gold overlay into Solomon's temple into and then into when the wise men came and brought gifts to Jesus. When the widow brought her two mites, it wasn't about how much it was. It was about how much of what she had that she gave. That is an indicator of what excellence really is. And this is my definition of excellence. We're bringing our very, very, very best to the Lord. My best might look different than someone else's. And so perfectionism says the bar is equal and and unattainable for every person. But the bar of excellence is my personal best, which means whatever it is that is my role to support when it comes to bringing worship to the Lord on the team, I'm going to do my very best to bring everything that I have. And not only that, but I know that I have more to grow and more to learn. And so I'm going to be continually growing my capacity. So as a vocalist, I lead a lot of songs and I love singing. I love singing. I love leading. And I have had multiple kind of benchmark moments in my skill vocally. And every one of those have been super fun to get to a certain point and then think, okay, what's next? Like I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time focusing on pitch in my growing up years. And I had a really great leader. She, uh, she was my youth worship team leader. She's still on the team. Um, she's one of our main piano players and an incredible, um, minister and staff member at the church where I'm at now. But back in the day in high school, she was my youth worship team leader and she has an incredible eye for detail. She has, um, she has a heart for excellence. Um, she also, I think if she would say, if she was here, she's also learned how to balance or how to let go of perfectionism and, but also bring her very best. She, she did a really good job of, of holding me accountable on some of those skill level things at that age where I was where, where you're building your habits. So she would, she would call it out. She would say, Hey, watch that pitch. Let's get those parts nailed. Let's tighten those, those parts up. And it really helped me develop that ear for pitch so that I could be trusted and entrusted to lead any song and also to know where my sweet spot was in my range. Um, other benchmarks that I've hit have come along through the years. Some of those were Um, getting around people that were better than me and me being like, I want to grow in that. I want to be able to lead um, with, 
with consistency. I'm a very passionate, emotional person. And one of the things you can do in a small church is you can just stop and start crying. And who cares? Like if you're emotional, well, there was this point, there was this, there was this moment when I realized that I had to kind of step it up in excellence and to say, um, if I am carrying the responsibility for leading this song and all of a sudden my emotions take over the moment and I can no longer lead what I'm doing, it, it feels great to have that moment of emotion with, um, it feels great to have that. But if I also am carrying that role of leadership, what I'm doing is now nobody can follow me because I've just gone somewhere they can't necessarily go. Now that doesn't mean you don't have emotions when you're leading worship. But for me, it was a little bit of a, we're going to, we're going to not forget in the passion of the moment, we're not going to fit that. I forget that I also have a responsibility to lead these people. And I don't want to leave them behind. I want to keep opening doors that they can walk through. And so um, when it comes to skill level on a professional level, that's what you see. You see someone who can consistently bring um, an excellent offering that can consistently deliver those things so that people can join with them. Um, I had benchmark moments when I found my own voice and my own style. I was very good at, at, you know, worship or singing other people's songs. And, and then many of them are led by incredible vocalists and incredible leaders who have very unique voices. And so it's a great pattern. It's a great thing to follow, but then there's that tipping point in your musicianship or your vocal skill where you start to find your voice. You start to find your, um, your perspective on the song. And that doesn't mean that everything changes, but also they know when you're leading. And that was a really fun thing to pursue. I still am pursuing that, pursuing the, how, how can I bring this song? Not as just a really great reproduction of the version that they hear on Spotify or on the radio, but how can I bring it from a perspective that's connected to the people that I'm leading. When, when we sing Firm Foundation, that song, I, I'm not trying to copy Cody Carnes or Chandler Moore. What I'm trying to do is sing that song from the place that I know my whole church is coming from. I am representing and I'm leading them into that moment with them. Those are all excellence things. How you can tweak the next thing and the next thing to be better and better and better is not evidence that you don't think you're good enough. Once you deal with that little thing in your heart to say, I'm not actually trying to get better and better because I'm trying to earn my worth or earn my value from God or from people, but you start realizing that the door is open for continual learning and that you can always take the next step to see what else you're capable of, that just gets so exciting. So once again, we're talking about how, what, what a healthy worship team looks like. And we're talking about pursuing excellence. There's always something more to learn and always something more to grow into. That doesn't happen by me telling that our team to just be more excellent or just to like be more motivated to try to keep learning. No, I think I've mentioned it before and we're going to keep talking about it, but I'll, uh, this truth is important. You cannot create culture. You have to be the culture. The only way that I can expect to have an excellent, a team who pursues excellence is number one, for me to explain what that is 
and to paint the target of what it looks like, just like I'm doing for you right now. And number two, for me to believe in it, embody it, and set that example with all of my heart. Anything that you can't stand behind with all of your heart, you won't see perpetuated in your team. And the last thing is that we, a healthy worship team, chooses joy. What that means to me, how I, how I think about that, and how can I help develop my team. So we've got they love the Lord and that their relationship with God is the most important thing in their life. And you see a track, you see a journey of their life pursuing God. That doesn't mean it's all, always, um, you know, a walk in the park, but that you see steps of faith. You see them walking through seasons and trusting God. Number two, they love others. They actually emulate the love of God in their relationships and you see maturity and growth in that. Number three, they pursue excellence. And number four, they choose joy. And in, especially in worship, you're on platform every single Sunday and every single person in their Christian life has to go through the maturing of, um, whether it's, whether it's when you're young and you're a Christian and you're going through your like adolescent years or you get saved later, you're still going to have to learn this cycle. You, you get saved, you say yes to God, you start following him. You might be super excited and, and giving it all you got, and then something knocks you upside the head, right? Whether it's circumstances, you've got marital problems, or you are going through struggles at school, or those things, or you're going through the cycles of letting God undo some things in you, and guess what? You're not going to be perfect, right? People on the platform are not perfect. They're going to be struggling with things. They're going to be allowing God to take chains off of them, some some patterns of behavior, some patterns of sin. To think that those all those things are just going to be immediately eliminated is just silliness. So just know we're all going to be on that journey, which means, what does that mean? That means some Sundays I'm coming to church and I've just been really unkind or unloving to my husband or I've fallen short in some possible way. How do we have a team who knows how to serve the Lord and worship the Lord consistently and resiliently and that the circumstances and the shortcomings of life do not dictate what our worship leadership looks like? How is that possible? That's what I'm talking about. Having a team that chooses joy means they understand the power of praise They understand their vital role in building up the body of Christ. And so it doesn't matter if I've had a bad day. It's a privilege to lead worship. It's a necessary, vital part of the body of Christ. Um, And also going through the hard, hard things of life. How in the world can we have sustaining joy, enthusiasm, strength, grace to, to praise the Lord in a way that sets an example for other people to follow. We are the tip of the spear. Just like I said, you cannot create culture. You have to be the culture. You can't expect your congregation to go somewhere or to be some type of way when it comes to worshiping the Lord that you have not actually set the example. So as a team, we all take responsibility for that. We all individually say, I am going to lead the way in trusting God through all circumstances. That means people who are going through financial struggles, going through health struggles, going through all those things, they can consistently serve and worship the Lord in a way 
that is not dependent upon their circumstances being perfect. Now, I'm not really telling you how to achieve all these things yet. We're going to get into those things later. What I really am trying to focus on is painting the target. What are we going for? Because here's the thing. Like I was saying before, we have those images of the fruit of when you see songs being written and and global impact, that is the fruit of a foundation that's been built. If you will focus on, on enriching and empowering your worship team and empowering your church to have a vibrant worship team, you will see some of those things happen. Here's how you'll know. You will have young people. There will be a way for them to learn and to grow and to perpetuate You'll have young people learning instruments, young worship leaders growing, and you will see creativity if that's a part of what you desire as a church. You don't have to write songs in order to be a successful or healthy worship team. You do not have to do that. But if you want to and you feel like that is something that could be part of what you do, just remember that is the fruit of doing this groundwork first. If you go for the fruit first and don't follow and don't focus on the roots of what this tree is going to be, you won't ever see the results that you really want. So just want to encourage you on that. That's what I've got for you today. A healthy worship team loves God, loves others. They pursue excellence and they choose joy and they can be resilient in that way. And you'll know that they're healthy when you start to see people, when you start to see the team reproducing. You can't create culture. You have to be the culture. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This was episode six. If this was helpful to you, I would love it if you would like and subscribe, share it with your friends, leave a review. And if you have any questions or want me to cover anything specific, if you're asked, if you have any questions about worship ministry, about my life, feel free to email me at the healthy worship team at gmail.com. Love you guys. We'll see you next time.